And welcome everyone to another installment of Weather on the Go podcast. I'm meteorologist Michael Stevens, joined by meteorologist Austin Lowe. See, you know, last time we did this, that. you uh, <laughs> you called it the One Up XP show. Oh, did I? Did I call it that this time? No. Yeah. Did or I? Was no. it? No. Whatever your podcast yeah. is. Yeah. The One Up XP show <laughs> podcast. Uh, no, uh, the Weather on the Go. We haven't done this in a while. Um, yeah. It's been a, uh, a brief since since I've been on it, but we are here to talk some January weather. Um, it's been cold. It's been cold. Um, a lot of people expect the January thaw that we get every year. Some people expect more snow. It's been a little bit of a weird um, pattern, but the pattern is holding true. That jet stream is south of us, yep. way south of us, which means the big storms are forming in the south and moving up the east coast, and we are left with cold and lake effect. And very little sun. <laughs> so sad. Taking the vitamin D gummies. Yeah. You know, that's it's interesting because I don't remember much last year of getting, like, these straight north winds where you're getting a lot of lake effect along the, like, Michigan, Michigan shoreline, shoreline yeah. and Mason, Oceana counties. And I feel like a lot of the events we've had so far have included just the straight north winds and then through the Grand Traverse Bay yep. where you're getting, uh, you know, from – just it's east not, of Traverse City down to Cadillac. It's not the very traditional northwest areas right. uh, with the northwest winds. So, uh, we, I mean, we don't have a ton of snow. There's some areas that have, you know, a good amount. Um, but it's funny because areas of the south, like I talked to my buddy in Kentucky, and he's like, yeah, we have probably four or five <laughs> inches of snow. And I was like, you have, like, the exact same amount of snow we do here in Cadillac. Um, so it's been cold. It's that light, fluffy snow. Yeah. It's not been system snow for the most part. Um, so the pattern is essentially warm in the west. The jet stream goes right south uh, once you get in the Midwest, dips all the way down towards Kentucky, and then moves back up. So we are stuck in this cold pool of air, mm -hmm. and uh, that's the way it's been for January. No, there isn't going to be a January thaw. We might see a warm day in February that we're seeing right now, but, um, I mean, it is not going to be anything um, that we've seen in the past years. Right now we're yeah. low on snow. We are super dry when it comes to the amount of moisture with the snow because it's lake yeah. effect, so there's not much moisture to it. Yeah. So there's uh, it's it's a it's a bit of an oddity. Um, it is winter. It's cold, but it is not the uh, you know normal. And even the lake ice isn't really no. huge. I think what we're twenty two percent or twenty four percent or something like that. I mean, yeah, it's thick up the Straits area and the bays, you know, the bays, the small areas. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, I I I don't mind the cold if the wind's not blowing. Yeah, it's just that's the that other thing. We've had so many like wind <laughs> events in the last month too, so it just you know makes it worse. Um, and there's nothing like going outside. You know, if it is 5, 10, 15 below, that's one thing. Like yeah, yeah, that's cold. But then when you add a 10, 15 mile an hour wind. Yeah, that just feel like needles hitting your face, <laughs> yep. which is never fun. Um, so that is one thing to remember in this cold weather is even in Michigan, even when it, you know, 10, 15, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, but when you add the wind, um, just remember to dress in layers and take your time and yeah. take breaks, warm up. Um, i got to say another thing that's really been nice with the lighter snow is just wiping it off the car. It's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. All I do is <laughs> jump in the car, and I don't recommend doing this, um, but I just jump in the car and drive 20 down the alleyway and it all flies <laughs> off um yeah. but that is one thing like i haven't shoveled much and yeah. what i do is just 
one pass, you yep. know, because it's so light and fluffy, <laughs> which I'm fine with. Yep. Um, but I know a lot of the people that, you know, snowmobilers, skiers, they want more yeah. snow. Um, it's just right now we're stuck in that cold. Um, so with the cold comes, yes, the lake effect snow, but it is a little bit different when, you know, you want some system snow. Now, getting into what we see in the first beginning portions of February, January is not going to change. January is cold. Um, the jet stream's not moving until late next week. So February 3rd, we are seeing what looks like it could be a system moving from the southwest for us, which means warm in front of it, some rain, which is never a good thing in February. No. <laughs> uh, and then behind it, back into the cold. And then it looks like for the majority of February, we're kind of trapped back in cold. So we get a break, but it could spell some icy conditions going into next weekend. Yeah. So the the this pattern shift, um, I was looking at it from uh, the chief meteorologist I worked with in North Dakota. It's going to change. So what you're going to see is the east side of the United States is going to get warm for a few days while the west side is going to get super cold. And that's that system. That's that Colorado low. That jet stream dips down towards, you know, Nevada, Colorado, and then makes that low pressure system and then it moves up to the east. So it's changing a little bit. We didn't have Colorado lows for the most part this winter. That's why the jet stream never really made its way down. What's pushed the jet stream down this year has been – uh, the clipper systems. We've had so yeah. many clipper systems, uh, whether it's a Sasky Screamer or a Manitoba <laughs> Mauler or, a, you know, an Alberta clipper, um, which they are all real names. I'm not making these up. See, uh, that's what shocked me terms. when, uh, you know, when I came last year or a couple of years ago and that was my first winter. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they have. I knew Alberta Clipper, but I didn't know there was yeah, other names. I learned them in school. And I was like, wait, there's actual names for this. Because I've always known Clipper because right. that that's the normal term for these. People call them Clippers. Yeah. Um, and so when you have a Clipper system, yes, it, cl- it moves fast and it moves from the northwest and it moves through. But. There's, so if anybody's listening to this, yes, these are real terms. And the reason why they are named these terms is where the low-pressure system drops into the United States from the Providence that it's in. So if it drops in from Alberta, it's an Alberta Clipper. And usually it drops in from Alberta and then just heads east. And that's an Alberta Clipper. Um, so that would hit the Northern Plains. That would move into Michigan. That's a Clipper. But it's gotten kind of the normal name now where it's just any system from the Northwest is called a Clipper system. Um, but if a low drops out of Saskatchewan and into North Dakota, that is uh, a Sasqu- Saskatchewan <laughs> screamer, so a Sasky screamer. You and think it it'd usually, be moving quicker. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be <laughs> moving quicker. Um, and notice they did the alliteration with these other twos, and then the Manitoba Mauler, which sounds like a wrestling name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Manitoba Mauler. Um, but those would drop in more to Minnesota, North Dakota, and then move over to us. Um, so, yes, that big snowstorm that – moved up the east coast the nor'easter that was technically a sasky screamer um so there are real names for these so there you go that maybe you learned something new today um but that is real weather terms for these low pressure systems it's just the majority of them get glossed over now as clipper because they're moving quickly but that's what we've seen and that doesn't add up to a whole lot of system snow for us it gives us two three inches of that light fluffy snow much like lake effect yeah so that is uh, the thing that we've been dealing with in January. No January thaw this year. You're not going to see it. Don't don't uh, think you're going to get that. Um, lake ice, inland lakes, a lot of fishermen loving it right now because they've seen those cold nights. They're yep. getting that thick ice. They can be out there to enjoy. Um, big lakes are still taking their time, hence why we're still seeing quite a bit of lake effect snow. Um, but yep. I think February will kind of freeze us back up a bit. <laughs> the other thing I can say about uh, the lakes not being frozen uh, yeah, it promotes some lake effect, but thank goodness they're not frozen over yet because mm. there have been temps 
Um, yeah, it's our little bubble. Temps in Minnesota and Wisconsin, like 20 below. And those are air temperatures for everybody. And when we've got those lakes surrounding us, it actually yep. keeps us warmer. And that's what a lot of people nice. might not understand. Like when you look at Minnesota or Wisconsin temperatures, yeah, they're always much colder than we are. And yeah. it's, it's very similar to what you see in the Dakotas. Now, the reason why um, some people might ask, well, why, you know, we're not nearly as cold as people off to the west is the lakes. So if the lakes don't freeze over, recall to um, if anyone here is a sports fan, the frozen tundra, like Green Bay. Obviously, the reason that they're so cold all the time is they're reasonably landlocked. Um, they are closer to Lake Michigan, so they do get a little bit of Lake Michigan. But once Green Bay freezes, they're a tundra. Mm -hmm. And so if you recall back to um, the winter of 94 or the winter of 2014, I believe it was, yeah. um, those two winters were the coldest winters on record for Michigan. And why is because the lakes for the most part 100 percent froze over yep. so when you don't have that water you don't have that water temperature you have ice and so that doesn't allow for that bubble that bubble breaks down for us so when you look at lake superior lake michigan lake huron lower peninsula and eastern up are covered by you know are surrounded by water so that bubble the air temperature from the water will always keep you for the most part that temperature so if those lakes are open your temperatures during the winter are probably going to be hovering around 30-some degrees. Uh, but when you take that water away, the bubble breaks down, and you now turn into basically landlocked area, yeah. which means you are going to be very cold. So if anyone's ever wondered that, the lakes keep us much warmer in the winter as long as they're open. If they freeze, the more ice we have, the colder you're going to be. So that is one reason why some people may say, well, why is it so cold over there? Now, if you're worried about, like, say, Sault Ste. Marie or, like, the western UP, those areas that are more landlocked don't have nearly the coverage. Um, you get colder temperatures, especially in Sault Ste. Marie, Drummond Island, like we saw this morning in the last few days, because they see the drainage pool from yeah. Ontario. That cold air is not worried about the St. Mary's River. No. And one of the St. Mary's <laughs> River is probably a little bit iced over. Yeah. So that cold, cold air is allowed to survive and really makes for some very brutally cold temp temperatures. So that is one reason why open water means you're going to see warmer temperatures. Um, but that's also why you get lake effect. Yeah, so, so it's a give if you and like take. snow, Yeah, <laughs> if you like snow, you want uh, open lakes. If you don't like snow, you want frozen lakes, but then you're going to get cold air. So. Here's something interesting, uh, and I kind of just thought about this having a conversation with you, but do you ever recall an instance where, because I know when thunderstorms move over the lakes, especially early on in the spring when the temperatures are cold, mm -hmm. Do you ever remember an instance where thunderstorms developed ahead of Lake Michigan, like Michigan was already frozen or partially frozen, and how that would play a role into, obviously this would take some extreme measures yeah, that where would you have a, a huge low pressure system in say late February, bring it up. That's a really good question. Thinking back on it, I did do a package on the largest tornado that Northern Michigan ever saw, and that was back in the, I think it was like 1956. When was um, Beecher? 53. 53? Okay, yeah, this was, must have been 56 then. Um, 1956 in April, there was uh, some very large tornadoes that hit Grand Rapids and the west side of the state and then moved east. We had an F4 tornado up here in Fife Lake. Um, and there was snow on the ground. Um, and people, it was 70-some degrees, 80 degrees, something like that. It was a sunny day, and all of a sudden, twisters came out of nowhere. Right. So would the big lakes be frozen? 
I don't think so. But this was a, I think this was this low pressure system was a uh, Colorado low coming in, bringing in warmer air, but it was so strong that it made some massive tornadoes. And people recalled this tornado going through the Five Lake area. They called it a snow-nado at points because it was actually picking up snow. Jeez. So, it, I mean, most areas w- didn't have snow on the ground, but there was spots where this tornado was going through and it was picking up snow. Um, so would that enhance, would that, what would that do to uh, a storm? I don't know. If you recall back to 94 and, two, and 2014, the lakes were frozen much longer. I, I recall seeing people on the beach in Marquette in a 90-degree day, and there were still icebergs floating in Superior. <laughs> yeah. And that was in June. Um, but I don't recall thunderstorms that spring. If you recall in those cold winters, we don't have much in the way of thunderstorms in the spring. So that I, I bet you it probably – I can't imagine that it amplifies. Right. Because when you think about the thermal – now I'm getting real sciencey <laughs> with you. If you think about, like, the physics of it all, yeah. you know, lake, lakes in general, when, when open, can kill or enhance a thunderstorm. Right. Then that's why the lakes can either, you know, kill your storms or make them worse. Um, but I'd have to assume, with them being frozen, it would kill, for the most part, any severe weather. That's interesting. I wonder yeah. if there is record of that, if there was a severe thunderstorm coming across, like, a frozen lake. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, it kind of occurred to me, it's like, hmm. Now we got homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time when you hear from us. Yeah. We'll, we'll, at least the two of us. We'll do some history. <laughs> um, Austin's doing the uh, research on this one. Yeah. Um, no, that is a really good question. Now you got me, now I got my wheels turned in my head. So I guess if viewers are out there and remember, or listeners yeah. rather, if you remember an instance. Recall where, back, it would have been spring of 95 and it would have been spring of 2015 if there was any thunderstorms yeah. that came across the lakes when they were, you know, 100% frozen. I use air quotes there because... You can't technically say the lakes are 100% frozen, but those were cold, yeah. cold winters. Yes. Oh, I remember it. I was my senior year in high school. That's giving away my young age. And <laughs> it was nice because as seniors, you know, you didn't yeah, have you to Yeah, you had a lot of school days, days that year, yeah. Right. You didn't have to make up the days because seniors got out early right. for graduation. So. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a cold, cold winter because we were seeing – I remember up in the UP they had like 40, close to 50 below air temps. And you don't get those very often up there, but they happen. But you don't get them very often by any means. Yeah. They're very rare. But and, it's funny, too, because it was 94 and then 2014, 20 years apart. And, like, Lake Superior is so deep that when, when Superior gets frozen. Frozen over, that's, yeah. That's cold. You know it's been cold. Yeah, if Superior can freeze over. And usually, and the thing with this year is usually Erie is the first lake to freeze. And usually it happens in December, early January. Erie's not even close to being frozen over because right. um, it's shallower. Um, but Ontario is wide open, um, which is giving, you know, all New York their lake effect still. Yeah. And then Superior is still pretty wide open. I think the majority of, not majority, but I think there's over a quarter of Lake Michigan in here on frozen, which is different. Usually it's the other lakes that freeze first. So different this year. It's a, it's an odd pattern and we've been trying to, you know, decipher it. We've been telling (laughs) you for the last few months, we are not breaking out of this pattern. We're not breaking out. And then finally we broke out of it in January and it's a very odd pattern. I cannot recall a cycle or a pattern like this in a, in recent history. Um, so it's very, very odd. Um, so speaking of that, um, going into February, like we mentioned, uh, February 3rd is when we're seeing (laughs) as of right now, which the date today is at what? 26th. February 3rd is when we're seeing another warm-up. 
Um, but it's not here long. It's a system. It looks like rain in front of it. Then behind it, we get into, again, a deep freeze for the majority of February. So Winter Olympics, prepare. You know, we'll see rain for the uh, opening ceremonies, but then cold for the rest yeah. of the Winter Olympics. There you go. <laughs> there Perfect. you go, everyone. Get out there with your toboggans. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that's uh, what we have for you so far. Um, I, I really think that uh, spring overall, end of uh, end. I mean, winter will go in the books as I think not nearly as snowy. It'll be below average snow wise. I mean, we're halfway through winter already, so right. you can kind of make these assumptions. Um, it'll be cold. It'll be below average temperature wise, and we'll be dry going into spring. So yeah. any farmers or anybody that's looking for moisture in the ground, I think we are going to again be rather dry. Um, not a whole lot of ice, not a whole lot of uh, moisture in the snow that's on the ground. Which is a bad start heading into summer if we Correct. get into the drought season. And, of course, that's a whole other podcast we could do. <laughs> and that's another podcast for down the road. So uh, I appreciate you guys all tuning in. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to email us, weather at 9in10news.com, or reach out to us on our socials on Facebook or Twitter, uh, which is the uh, Doppler 910 st- uh, weather team um, on Facebook. And I believe it's the exact same on Twitter. Um, if not, I'm wrong, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. I'm meteorologist Michael Stevens, joined by meteorologist Austin Lowe. And uh, thank you for joining us here on Weather on the Go. We'll be back in a few weeks with another installment. Stay warm, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you guys in a little bit.